Let's play some good news, bad news. Good news, more whales are holding Bitcoin than we've seen in a long time. But bad news, some say we're overdue for a Bitcoin correction. Good news, Bitcoin is a silent protest against governments everywhere. But bad news, cybercrime is up 75% during COVID-19. Good news, the nation of Kazakhstan seeks to attract $740 million crypto investment in three years. And you can put this in whichever column you think best fits. The former Mt. Gox CEO Mark Karpelis says that Craig Wright is either a thief or a fraud. Well, whether good news or bad news, it's all interesting to us as we love the emerging blockchain world. And whether you're new to crypto or an OG, we're happy to have you chosen to join us for our bad news episode number 419 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Romans, countrymen, lend me your Bitcoin. Welcome to Masterpiece Crypto. <laughs> crypto Piece Theater. Oh, that's good. Some... I'll take a piece of crypto. Will that be good? Here's a piece yeah. of crypto theater. Come on, take another little piece of my Bitcoin, baby. I'd like to thank all of the crypto serious and the crypto curious and that one crypto furious guy who hasn't called us in a while. We've, we've, we miss him. We do miss him, although obviously we're starting out with the crypto unserious today. Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast. We are the blockchain blockheads, the crypto clowns, the DeFi DoFi. That's my new favorite one right there. That is really good, Mr. Joel Com. I talk like this now because I identify as an English, Irish, Scottish person. Snob. So you identify as a snob. That's I identify as my DNA, and so I should be properly talking like this, probably. Well, we identify as your podcast hosts, and uh, this is episode number 419. We are one month away from celebrating the the third anniversary of the Bad Crypto Podcast, and I know this because I got my auto domain renewal today for badcryptopodcast.com. So those domain squatters who thought, oh, this is going to expire soon. We're going to get it. We're going to take over. Too late. You're not getting it. Nope. It's on all Three years we've been doing this and we've not been culture canceled? Mm -mm. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's not three years yet. We still have a month. You're right. Yeah, there's, there's still hope. That's true. And, uh, we are on the way to mass adoption of cryptocurrency. And speaking of that, uh, Mr. Travis Wright and I are going to be joining Collective Intelligence for a two-day conference packed with panels, a pitch competition, networking, workshops, and education all about blockchain and cryptocurrency. It's called The Road to Mass Adoption. Coin Genius's Collective Intelligence is putting it on. And if you go to media.coingenius.ai, forward slash collective dash intelligence boy that's a long url or just go to coingenius.ai and if you go to the events there you'll be able to go to this and uh, we have a a promo code for you guys to come join us for this uh this event you can register and use the discount code bad crypto 50 and you could save 50 percent for the full day educational breakout sessions it's only 15 Dollars. This is going to be a pretty cool two-day event, Mr. Travis Wright. I'm looking forward to us participating. Yeah, we're going to be doing a presentation of uh, putting the fun in non-fungible tokens. We're going to talk about sort of the history of uh, non-fungible, what that means, and sort of the the evolving space as it is so far, and uh, probably some blatant promotion for uh, blockchain heroes, I would say. Yeah, well, uh, you know, um, uh, Jeremy, uh, the Jeremy... Uh, Born. No, not that Jeremy. The other Jeremy, Jeremy, uh, the castle um, in L.A. What's the you know that's got the crypto castle? Oh right, right. Gardner, uh, Jeremy Gardner. Jeremy yeah, Gardner is going to be there. Uh, Brittany Kaiser is going to be there. Don Tapscott 
is speaking, Elise Sam is speaking, and uh, and we're speaking. You can see the full calendar on the event page, and of course, links to it. And all of the links in this episode of the show are um, at badco.in forward slash 419. That is the short link for the episode, badco.in forward slash 419. Go register today. Join us for the event. You will be glad. Jeremy Spoken class today. What was that? That was Pearl Jam. Oh, do I need to add that to the Spotify? I don't know if you need to, but you can. What was it? What song was that? It's Jeremy. Jeremy. Okay. I guess I also need to add another piece of uh, my heart, right? Janice Joplin, because uh, that's what I, I put in there. For those of you that don't know, every time a song is mentioned or referenced or a lyric is sung, we add it to the Spotify bad crypto song list. And if you go to Spotify, you should be able to find that. I think, didn't we set up a badco.in forward slash song list? Or something like that. I believe so, because if not, it's really hard to find. If you, because if you go on Spotify and try to look for it, it, it's hard to find. Yeah, I think it is song list because that's weird. Because normally it would be a playlist, and so I always look for bad crypto playlist that doesn't pop up. Bad crypto song list does, but I've never heard of something called a song list. Yeah, well, I like to make up things. That's good. So, and those are officially added. You guys check it out, and with that, let's get to the news. Alrighty, Mr. Travis Wright, refreshing CoinGecko.com, our favorite site for checking all the crypto markets. It is June 19th, 12.50 in the afternoon, Mountain Standard Time, and the crypto market cap currently at $266 billion. Bitcoin just shy of 9300 at 9298 Ethereum, $228. Tether, 0.998. XRP, 0.18 almost 19 cents bitcoin cash 233 bitcoin sv 169 litecoin 43 dollars cardano eight cents eos two dollars 52 cents and the binance coin coming in at the number 10 slot this week at 15 dollars and 96 centavos you know i read i read a piece this week about how most the average ripple owner is upside down by 7x because most people got in, their average cost price is like a dollar thirty something, dollar forty something, Yikes. and the price of where it is right now, they're literally upside down seven times in Ripple. So that's not good. That's not good. Uh, what is good this week? If you had the Lend token, the AAVE project, that was up sixty seven percent on average, about thirty two million dollars a day in volume. That's pretty crazy. A uh, Swiss Borg. Uh, CHSB that was up 63%. Sia coin, we've not heard of them in a while. The SC token up 44%. Ren, never heard of it, 44%. Seal up 42%. Nexo, a lot of projects I've not heard of. Actually, Verge was up 39% this week. And then Chillas is up 23.7%. We were actually talking about that just a little bit earlier, Mr. Joel Comp. Not we on were. recording, but uh, in a phone call we had. We, we actually do talk when we're not recording a lot. Like, we talk a lot. Um, because, a lot. <laughs> a lot. I mean, you would think um, we, I don't know, join. Some might say too much. Yeah. So, <laughs> who would who would say that, Mr. Travis, right? Probably me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's always fun, except like whenever I'm like super stressed trying to get all these blockchain hero cards all done. And then it's like, and Mr. Joel comes like, I think we ought to change this whole, cl- this, whole- I don't like this one. Let's redo it. And then uh, <laughs> like, you get, cranky. you get cranky, you're cranky pants. Well, like late at night and then like, at, then at like 1am you have like this bright idea. I'm like, can you, can you share this bright idea in the, when it's bright outside? <laughs> <laughs> trying to chill (laughs) well i i am glad that um that we're still working together in this and i hope that we continue to do so for many years the biggest loser for the week is zilliqua down 25 percent. i think they were one of the big winners the previous week so it's not unusual to see you know if there's a big climb then there's some pullback quant down 16 percent maker down 15 percent digibyte down 14 no other huge losses engine down seven percent that's down to 17 cents like if i was a betting man whenever they had that information pop out about how they're partnering with minecraft and doing the engine craft and like 
you'd think the token would go up on that good news, but it's kind of weird how crypto works, isn't it? It is weird how crypto works. It goes up, it goes down. And, you know, this article here on Forbes, it's one person's opinion. Joseph Young writes for Forbes. And a few days ago, Bitcoin went under 9,000 to 8,900. And he writes in this piece that it may kickstart a three-month correction. Again, it's chart reading right it's like okay we didn't get the breakout we want it keeps pushing up and testing ten thousand, but doesn't hold and and now it's failed retesting you know three times and this is bearish and and that means that things might pull back and so you know the headline for the article should be bitcoin suddenly plunged 8900 and it may kickstart a three-month correction and it may not I mean, it may not it could it could not well it might but it might not. And that could probably be the whole. And here's some statistics and some analytics on the dailies of how it's gone up and how it's gone down. And here's its points of resistance and its uh, ceiling and its floor. And it might go above it and it might go below it. Yeah, you know, these uh, these pieces that we find on Forbes are always interesting. They're not necessarily news. They're usually more commentary. And so, you know, this guy's got some commentary. And there's another one here from Tatiana Kaufman, which I think is relevant. And the headline of this piece is why Bitcoin is a silent protest against corrupt governments everywhere. And, you know, as we're seeing the um, the Federal Reserve here in the United States continuing to print money, what's the sound that the presses make, Travis? Something like that. Also like a drum roll. You know, somebody pointed out that that's yeah. also very drum rollish. But in this case, it's the sound of the, the printing presses. Uh, and some would say irresponsibly just putting billions and billions and trillions, you know, into the economy out of thin air that that Bitcoin it, you know, that's not happening with Bitcoin. The presses are not going. All right, let's make 21 million more. You mm -hmm. can't do it. it. It's it's in the smart contract. It, it just it, it's well, there's not a smart contract. It's in the code. Right. There are a lot of anti-authoritarian folks within this whole crypto space. People. I mean, and it's like and, and you can see why some of this is as is, is the way that it is. Right. It's like we have we've had a lot of crazy wars, unnecessary bombing places all over the place. But it's like America is still, you know, once America goes down, if America if freedom goes down here, it's like the world. It's going to happen all over. Like we're, we try to be the bash. I don't think we're not we're not perfect, but we're working on it. And one anti-authoritarian person stood up and said, uh, Bitcoin is a peaceful protest. And for the noobs, you don't know what Bitcoin is. I like this definition. Bitcoin is a non-sovereign, hard cap supply, global, immutable, decentralized, and completely digital store of value held by many as an insurance policy against the irresponsibility of central banks globally. Credit to Travis Kling for that. Anybody whose name is Travis is a good person from my estimation. And a little clingy. Well, Naval Ravikant, who is the founder of Angelist, once tweeted, Bitcoin is a tool for freeing humanity from oligarchs and tyrants dressed up as a get-rich-quick scheme. I don't know that it's dressed up as a get-rich-quick scheme. It's only dressed up like that for those who put that kind of clothing on it. Right. Mm -hmm. There are scammers that but I've I've never seen Bitcoin as a get rich quick scheme. I see it as a, as a solution. But this is, you know, the author says this is why we're seeing a higher rate of adoption in countries that have a history of government oppression. Germany, China, Venezuela um, and a lower rate here, but picking up because more people have less faith in the U.S. dollar than a new currency. And I would also say Bitcoin is a tool for getting rich slowly and then losing your riches and then getting the riches back and then losing them. And, <laughs> and losing your keys. And, and then losing your drive. keys. And I, I would say this is that, you know what, crypto goes up, crypto goes down. But we're seeing it in this crazy times that it has kept most of its value for the most part, right? So, Very much like gold. Yeah, uh, you know that gold um, has no ideology and has been stable, relatively speaking, to uh, to goods and services purchased and traded for for a long, long time. And so it is time for a revolution in the financial system, and it's happening. It's happening now. It's happening every day. The blockchain revolution is not something that governments even can squash. 
This mm -hmm. is why, uh, you know, it terrifies the banks, the financial institutions that they could be like, well, we're not going to, you know, let you have an account if you're going to be buying Bitcoin. I'm like, okay, I don't need you anymore. Mm. But that's the most they can do because they can't stop it. Right. Interesting stuff, folks. Also interesting is Bitcoin miners are now mining fewer empty blocks in 2020 and uh, that may not all be due to chance. So a total of 77 empty blocks were mined in the first five months of 2020. What does that mean? That means that there was no transactions in that particular block. Accounting to that was like less than 3% of all total blocks produced. So most blocks have transactions in them. There used to be a lot more empty blocks back in the day. Like, you know, early on, there was no transactions, but people were just mining. So those were all empty blocks. There's no transactions in there to verify. They're just going through and, and solving that algorithmic uh, pr a problem to, to, to unlock the block. But uh, it seems like there are less and less of those that are happening, and maybe because it's that, because of the happening. Well, the, uh, the global business director at F2 Pool, which is uh, the one that mined the most empty blocks in 2020 so far, his name is Thomas Heller, and he says it's just chance. Sometimes block or mine, blocks are mined very quickly in succession. So in that case, there are no transaction inside. We don't pay attention to the number of empty blocks we mine. It's not an intentional measure to mine empty blocks since miners still want to earn transaction fees. So, yeah, but even though they still mine the empty blocks, it, it's not empty from Bitcoin. Those blocks right. those, they still have the block reward. A block is a block. It's true. Is a block. Mm -hmm. And it's still a block and there's still only 21 million of them ever. So everybody just chill out. The supply um, continues to decrease every day because I guarantee not only is the, the supply that's being um, removed, you know, being brought into supply, people are losing their Bitcoin every day. Right. Somebody somewhere today is losing their keys whether it's for, you know, a tenth of a Bitcoin or whether they've got three, somebody is losing their keys. And I guarantee you that happens every day. And so ultimately, while more coming into um, supply being mined, there's also lost Bitcoin. Could you imagine if we lost our, our bank accounts that easily? I mean, this is one of the reasons that people are scared by crypto. It's like, oh, no, I misplaced my bank. We're, I'm driving down the street. And all of a sudden, my Bank of America was gone. Where I don't right. know. Where, where's my money? I don't know. It's disappeared. That, I don't that, know. I don't know. Where, where did it go? I can't find it. My bank account. You know what? That actually happened to me. My bank moved from a, from a big location to a smaller location. And I was like, where is my bank? <laughs> what am I going to do? And they don't have they, the new one doesn't have a drive through. It's like much smaller retail bank. And uh, I guess, you know, they're, they're spending way less money on that because they sort of downsized. You know, a lot of banks are going to downsize over time, right? It was more, it's more and more money. We've had people on chat about this, but banks will eventually be a memory. Once we get to the fact of, you know, just like China has with their digital yuan, when we have a digital USD and paper money kind of goes away, why do you need to have a bank anymore? And uh, you're not going to need one. And it's going to be weird. I think also with the current um, climate in the United States and around the world, that there's another reason that we're going to see USD disappear sooner. Uh, you know, George Washington at some point owned slaves. Thomas right. Jefferson owned slaves. Andrew Jackson. I mean, the dude, was, there was some serious racism going on there. So, you know, there's another reason to cancel fiat currency right mm. now. Yeah, uh, so tearing that. down George Washington statues and Thomas Jefferson statues, and I want to well, know how they're going to go to Mount Rushmore <laughs> and tear down. You know, I, I read this: the um, the Duke of York owned two hundred some odd thousand slaves, and New York is named after him. So mm -hmm. I think we need to change New York. New York City needs to be renamed and uh, change the branding on all of that. I think that needs to be the next one to go. What about the Duke? Duke, Duke, Duke of Earl. Don't know anything about him. Well, he's a song. That's true. You just wanted to say that for the song. Do you know who did the song originally? Don't know. It was Gene Chandler. How the hell would I know that? That did that song. Well, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to know songs. You knew Pearl Jam did Jeremy. 
My God, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that, you know, diving into the mid fifties. Duke from Earl. I mean, be a be a music fan and know things, Mr. Travis Wright. Also yeah. added to the Bad Crypto song list. It's going to be greatest hits. This article here on Cointelegraph.com, our favorite place and most of yours favorite place to also go for crypto news because they are the most popular and well-read crypto publication on the web. $930 million in Bitcoin options expire next Friday. Is it time to worry? Um, is it, When they say next Friday, does that mean this no, June 26th, so it is a week from today. Um, mm -hmm. 100,000 Bitcoin options, totaling 930 million, are set to expire. What does that mean, Travis? Well, what it means is these options are mostly underwater, and there's a whole lot of them who think the price was going to be a lot higher than it is. And so there's a whole lot of folks who are most likely going to have to pay some, uh, some serious call options. 67 million worth of call options potentially impacting the market well the market's 260 something billion 67 million won't be that bad of an impact although it will impact those folks who got to deal with that that's pretty huge uh, but the uh, the futures market sentiment is still slightly bullish here according to, uh, to this article you know this doesn't surprise me like we talked about this during the halving we looked at the charts and say okay the halving happens and now it's going to take about a year for things to settle in and for us to start seeing a, a true bull run. Yeah. And I think there's like going to be a lot of sideways and ups and downs um, during this time. But it, that is, if you're going to look at past history as an indicator of uh, future results. Yeah. Now, doesn't that mean like if you have an option on something, you have an option to buy that at that particular price. And so you pay a certain fee to be able so, like, there's people who say for $12,500, they're saying, hey, if on June 26th, the price is over $12,500, I reserve the right to buy it at $12,500, even if Bitcoin's at 100000 at that point. You have that options there. So, it gives you, you that. Have to. So, you can cancel that option. And because why would you pay more for, you know, the, the coin? Yeah. Than but they've the already coin. paid for the options, I think, right? So the, the, you gotta you got to pay for the opportunity to do that. But so people will be losing some money. Well, according to Glassnode's, the week on chain report for the week of June 15th here on Cointelegraph, it says that there has been a steady growth in the number of Bitcoin whales. Those are the traders that have at least a thousand Bitcoin or more in their wallets since January. There's about 1,882 of these whales, which is similar to what happened in September 2017 when Bitcoin was just beginning its climb to its all-time high. So is that a bullish indicator? Mm. Could be. Well, it also says this, that the same number of whales held large amounts of Bitcoin in March 2016 when the price was under 420. Speaking of 420, our next episode is episode 420. <laughs> So we should probably talk about cannabis and blockchain. You we think so? Probably well, we probably will. I think we already have, and we've done most of the interviews and content. That's so it's true. a good thing that you know we're going to say yes. Yeah, episode four twenty is going to be all about cannabis and uh, and blockchain. So those of you interested in that, make sure don't miss that episode. Another number here is two thirty, which is not four twenty. It's two thirty, and it reflect um, it. it uh, is regarding online protections for content publishers. And this is, uh, while not necessarily, you know, crypto and blockchain, it certainly is important because there have been a lot of situations where the, the major social media and tech giants are censoring certain speech, uh, you know, for better or worse. And Section 230 of the Communication Decency Act became law in 1996. So really, this is the Stone Age in regards to the internet, right? This is this is way back then. And what it did is it made sure that platforms were free from legal liability for stuff that people posted on their sites. Mm -hmm. But but now we have these social platforms and, and you know search engines that are not behaving so much like platforms, but like publishers. 
And so uh, the president has been duking it out with them. And now he is suggesting that the Department of Justice take a look at the Section 230 and perhaps remove some of these online protections. Well, this was the this was the topic that really got Joel and I involved in crypto. We were, you know, thinking about like solutions for because there started to be a lot of censorship right there around 2016, 2017, uh, actually in late later part of 2016. And, um, you know, it's like I'm really a centrist. I'm really kind of in the middle. But whenever I started seeing like more people on one side getting censored, that, that upset me from my sensibilities of having been in the military and, you know, being a fan of the Constitution and, and thinking that, you know what, as far as countries have been in the history of the world, the one with this Constitution has, has it's been a pretty good, it's been pretty good and pretty fair for most people. And it's not a perfect system. And so let's work to make it better. And it's not fair when people are, are dismantling, uh, you know, people's online, you know, their, 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 way to earn money they're just getting kicking them off youtube they don't like their, they don't like what they have to say kicking them off twitter they don't like what they have to say it's just it's just frustrating to see uh you don't like it well that's your feelings sorry that your feelings are hurt here, but here's you can't eliminate people online and deplatform people that's not cool well they say it's dangerous and bad for the community that's that's the reasoning they put behind it but you know there used to be a time when if people didn't like what others were saying they would just not listen to them. Yeah, block them. <laughs> hey, guess what? Change the channel. If you don't like what's happening on whatever network you're tuned into, you have more choices now than ever before. But mm-hmm. there's people who make it their whole goal to de-platform that person. Well, that wasn't the case until a couple of them, until they, until they kicked off Milo. Once they kicked right. off Milo and they realized they could start canceling people, that's when they started canceling people. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't a big fan of Milo, but I think he has the – right to say what he wants to say. Now I said this, it's like, I, I sent this out in a tweet yesterday, is that you really can't control anyone, what they think, what they do, how they react to things. You can only work on yourself. And so I would say is be a good person, be out there, help people, you know, teach people, have a little grace with others and help them evolve. Because a lot of people, they may not have had the opportunities that you've had to and they, they've not read the books you've read or learned what you've learned or grown how you've grown. You can't control others. You can only control you. So work on you and worry about you. A lot of these people out there are being victims and they're not working on themselves or blaming everybody else for their problems instead of working, putting up, pulling up the bootstraps and doing shit. So don't, you know, that's my, that's my personal opinion there. Commentary. You can edit that out if we need. Do, do people still wear straps on their boots? Some people. Some Probably you. I, I've I've not seen. I don't have boots. Maybe some. Cops. I do have snow boots. Yeah. <laughs> have, they have straps called uh, shoestrings. Well, there you go, Mr. Travis Wright on the soapbox for the day, and let us know what you guys think. Feel free to write us. Uh, don't write us and say, "Oh, you guys suck. We're going to cancel you," because that would be lame, given what you just heard. But write us at badcryptopodcast@gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on yeah. all of this. Uh, well, it really does state about why decentralized platforms like Voice and Rebuzz and Uptrend and some of these other ones are, you know, Parler. Well, Parler is not really decentralized, I don't believe. But there's Arma just- Library, Arma, yeah, uh, SoMe. There, there's a bunch of them, and um, and we're playing on a lot of them. And some of them are going to be the cream that rises to the top. And I, I still say, um, my personal opinion is that if the president left Twitter, it would be a bad, bad thing for Twitter. Because if he went to a different platform, they would see millions of people follow him over to wherever that platform. He could basically make a platform overnight, right? Not make it himself. Well, he could, but he could like basically turn a platform into the new place to be for those that want to follow what he says, either because you like him or you hate him. Doesn't matter. People who hate him, you know, follow him also because they want to troll him. So uh, overnight, it would be, if I was a Twitter shareholder, whether I like the president or not, I would say, keep him on there. You, (laughs) he is great for business. He is great for business. But speaking of people who, who are hated, Mm. uh, the next article is about a couple of people that a lot of people don't like. So the former Mt. Gox CEO, Mark Carpellis, 
has said about Craig Wright that Craig Wright is either a thief or a fraud. Now, this week, it was actually uh, somebody, some internet sleuth had gone in and looked at the uh, the court hearings and stuff around uh, Craig Wright, and they showed that one of his addresses were one of the addresses that uh, was associated with the Mount Gox hack. So they're saying, wow, this is quite, quite a big chance that, that, that Craig Wright might have been might have been part of that whole hack back in the day. Mm-hmm. Well, he's Carpellis is actually saying that, and he confirmed this to Coin Telegraph that in 2011, the records are part of the court documents available publicly. That the the Bitcoin that um, Wright says he has claimed to were stolen from the exchange he says he's got the receipts basically that this is what uh what's happening here he has the evidence so man i can't wait for this story to finally just completely play out and and us get the verdict because there's it's tied up in the courts it's there's so much speculation and the question here is that is right the dumbest thief ever Hmm. hard to say but i can see a book in the future around this, once it gets resolved, probably a movie. A movie. Yeah. A, a made for t- a Hallmark, <laughs> a Hallmark made for TV movie about this. Uh, meanwhile, adoption in the U.S. Is it possible? Colin Post writes on Cointelegraph that the new acting head of the U.S. bank regulator uh, has provided an interview that talks about innovation, expanding financial inclusion and the government's role in building frameworks for crypto. Um, Basically, he says in this article in the interview, the banks did a heroic job of trying to issue aid payments, and they were eventually able to do that. But they were trying to do so through a portal run by the SBA that was built on COBOL in the 1980s, which by the way, COBOL was when I took uh, computer science as a freshman in high school, they still had COBOL cards punch cards in a COBOL machine. And I hated it, hated it. The next year we got Apple IIe's. That would have been in 1978 or 79. Uh, Anyway, he says the programmers who were able to fix those bugs had to be called out of retirement to help fix them. It was a clunky system to work with. And he goes on to talk about how they could have implemented a central bank digital currency to distribute the payments across the blockchain instantaneously. So, you know, there's a lot of different stories we hear about uh, whether the Trump administration is supportive of Bitcoin or not. There's a new book out by uh, what's his name, Uh, the guy that was his security advisor, uh, John Bolton, Mm -hmm. that says Trump told Mnuchin to go after Bitcoin. You know, he heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend who. So who knows if there's any legitimacy to that? I would like to know who actually has the president's ear and what he really thinks about cryptocurrency. Because I don't know that we've ever really gotten a definitive statement. It seems mm. vague. Are you saying that he heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend who That's heard it I'm from saying. another? Yeah. Is that he's, he's taking it on the run. Nice. Well, you know, I think that would be handy. Like, imagine that. I mean, they sent out how many checks? They sent out millions. And if they could have just pressed a button and airdrop, essentially airdropped it to everyone into their accounts... How handy would that have been? Did the you get your associated to that would have been minimal. Did you get your Trump bucks? I got my Trump bucks. Yeah, I got a letter saying it was arriving and I never got them. Wow. Never showed up. So I asked my brother, who's a CPA, if you never got them, he said you can deduct that twelve hundred off your taxes. You know, mm. if you got it good, if you didn't, then apparently it's a deduction that uh, you can take. Well, it sucks you didn't get it. I wonder if it must have gotten lost along the way. I or? don't know. I, well, you know, they say it could be a check or a debit card. And if they sent a debit card, anybody could have opened that mail and used that debit card. No, I think that don't they don't they like, deposit it to a debit card, your debit card that's associated to your tax withholdings or something? Like if you if you get the, uh, the direct deposit, then well, I think that's what they were talking about with the with – the, um, I that. got a letter – from the White House and mm-hmm. showing it to you. And it says in it, I'm pleased to notify you that as provided by the CARES Act, you're receiving an economic impact payment of 1200 by check slash debit card. We hope this payment provides meaningful support to you during this period. Yeah, uh, there was a check or they were, it was a direct, it says debit card. I didn't get it. I'm telling you. That's it weird. It says debit card. It should say direct deposit. Yeah, I didn't it get debit it. Card. 
I'm calling the president right now saying, where's my, where's my Trump bucks, Mr. Well, president over, over promise under deliver. Yeah. So anyway, if you didn't, if you're like me and didn't get it, um, apparently you can deduct that on your, uh, your 2020 taxes. Let's go to the other side of the world, Mr. Travis, Wright, And, uh, and see what's happening in China, China, China. So China could be rolling out its uh, central bank digital currency um, without anyone realizing it. They could just sort of just kind of nonchalantly just do it without citizens even noticing the change. That's exactly what, you know, you were just suggesting. We were just talking about for the U.S., right? Could have just airdropped that money uh, into people's accounts if it was on a, uh, a ledger, a decentralized mm-hmm. blockchain ledger. And th- with their new... Uh, CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency, they're saying yeah. that they can do this. Yeah, but they say this, nobody's going to notice the difference. Why? Because more than 96% of small retail transactions currently are processed by Alipay or WeChat Pay. They're not using paper money in China, folks. They've already, they're already accustomed to using digital money. This is not going to be any different to them. You know what I think people are really wondering right about now? They're probably wondering what's going on in Kazakhstan. I mean, that's got to be universally what's on people's minds at the moment. It's very nice. I like I'm Murat from Kazakhstan. (laughs) Wasn't it? Didn't was he actually from Kazakhstan or was it a fictional place he was from? No, Borat is fictional and he was from Kazakhstan. And his wife and his sister were the same, but his wife was hooker. This picture on Coin Telegraph. I love the artwork that they do, you know, with their little coin guy. Yeah. And he's wearing, you know, this this very Kazakhstanian coat, you know, because it get cold there in, in Kazakhstan. Very nice. Has, like. has an eagle, you know, on his hand. <laughs> you guys got to go look at this. Uh, anyway, Kazakhstan wants to attract uh, $740 million in investment through crypto industry related activities over the next three years. They're being very ambitious. There's a paper over there called the Astana Times in Kazakhstan's Minister of Digital Development, Innovation and Aerospace Industry says that this is their plan and they want to follow in the footsteps of the U.S. and South Korea. I don't know that they're really following in our footsteps because I don't see that type of encouragement to uh, to, to our investors to you know invest into um blockchain maybe south korea what i want to say is like when did all these stands start popping up like how many stand countries are there afghanistan pakistan uzbekistan kazakhstan kyrgyzstan like i need a travis stand and maybe a badistan we should instead of bad cryptopia should have been badistan it was in the the great stand breakup. Didn't that happen during the uh, the Soviet Union? It did. But who was Stan? Like he had lots of influence. <laughs> I can't stand it. Stand the man. No. Uh, like, I, I need all the countries. What I can stand for is the adoption of crypto, and that means Moby Pay, one of the sponsors for our show here. By now, hopefully, you have gone to MobyPay.io, signed up for their beta, and claimed your ten dollars in free crypto. I'll say it again: ten dollars in free crypto. I say it one more time: ten dollars in free crypto. Why wouldn't you go and sign up for ten dollars in free crypto? Uh, mobipay.io go check it out yeah what else we got going on here mr Trey? Moby Pay! <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so this is one of the the um you know case studies that we were talking about uh, around what you know it's not just crypto is not just finance right one of the ways that blockchain can really help out is with our health data and this article here is on the Harvard Business Review, so you know it's fancy. We should actually talk to the news like this when we're talking about Harvard. But Don Topscott and Alex Topscott wrote this. Do you know I uh, I spoke at Harvard? Yeah, you did, yeah. And I don't mean, like, I, I tell people I went to Harvard, and they're like, you did? And I'm like, yeah, I, I visited, and I got the shirt. Um, mm-hmm. But I actually spoke at Harvard. Uh, That's there, it. There's a dude out there that sells uh, people speaking at Harvard. He's like, for your credibility, speak at Harvard. And what he actually does is he rents um, a facility across the street that has the name Harvard in it. And yeah, it's 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 basically an event center. 
And, That's great. And, yeah, it's what it's, a great little scam. I actually spoke at, in Cambridge in uh, Cambridge University in the UK, which was awesome. That's nice. So I just want to be clear. I didn't buy that guy's pack. You didn't buy that. I was actually invited by their uh, their their um, uh, business school. It's like they have a a association with another business school. That, it was like a social media day there with a bunch yeah, of different cool, awesome people there speaking. I remember. Oh, but that's about enough about me. And uh, tell me more. Back to me in Cambridge when I spoke yeah. in Cambridge, and it was amazing. Like a thousand year old plus. Don Tapscott and his son from the Blockchain Research Institute have put out this report on Harvard. Harvard I, never mind. I can't. Harvard. Harvard. Well, so it's talking about your data is a subset of your digital identity mm-hmm. and your data and your health data should be part of that. You should own that. You should be able to go plop. Here's my health data. And there's some other countries, that, companies that are doing stuff. WiseKey is one that's doing stuff. We've had we've had uh, solve.care on before who is still around. We actually had them back in the ICO days. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, our privacy is important, our medical information is important. There's those HIPAA laws and compliance laws, but if you own the keys to your digital data, you should be able to just to plop it down whenever you want. <laughs> We just plopped it. One of the the bullet points in this article, we encourage you to go read it. As he says, our privacy is at risk all the time, as is our families. The Chinese government used mass surveillance to gain some measure of control over the spread of COVID-19, tracking data about who specifically was infected, where they lived, when they were infected, when they recovered, how they were infected, whether they sheltered in place, what temperature they had when they went outside, and who else they contacted. You know, and, and the uh, the article here makes the point that privacy is the foundation of freedom. And while sometimes, perhaps in a pandemic, we may choose to tr- trade on this privacy for the social good, the trouble is that once the crisis is over, we have no way to reclaim or mask our data. So I'm with Brittany Kaiser. We need to own our data. Own that shiz. You got you got to. And it's 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 one of those things is that and we've talked about this before. It's one of the reasons why I've never personally done one of those 23 and me. Mm-hmm. Like I know that I don't own that data. That's not right. mine. They're giving me a copy of that. They're keeping a copy of it attached to me and saying, Hey, here's this person's, you know, kryptonite. I, I look at it like that, like, yeah, here's what is would really screw their world up. I don't look at it like, oh, look, look at how I can see this, and now I can prevent all these additional health things. Well, that's one thing, but if I only own it, that's why I like that we've had some people on that's been about blockchain and, and your digital identity and your DNA. Well, if I was sure that only I owned my DNA and, and I had a copy of it and nobody else had a copy or that data was not associated to me, then I might be okay with it, but it doesn't, it doesn't seem anonymous or safe enough for me and my tinfoil hat. Yeah, I won't do it either. And frankly, I mean, I know where my parents and my grandparents are from, and I don't need to know if I've got, you know, some Uzbekistan in me. <laughs> if my, my great, it's me, I'm from Uzbekistan. My grandfather's name was Stan. Oh, I'm the, the father of all the Stans. I'm the Stan father. I am, the I am Stan Becky. Uh, Here's some of the bad news, and it kind of makes sense that this is what's happened, but a recent U.S. government hearing showed a significant uptick in online crime since COVID-19 took over in 2020. In fact, it's up, cybercrime is up 75% according to the numbers that they're tracking here. And of course, because people were home and they were online, and the more people that are online and doing stuff, I think that just means more people are going to get scammed. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but there's also been a severe increase in looting and rioting. Uh, also, I don't know. I don't know. A hundred percent. I don't know what the increase percentage is, but it's, it's a lot. Uh, too much percent. Let's just, too much. Let's, just let's just go with that. Uh, so there's a, an economist at Yale. What kind of accent would he have? I mean, that's an American university. Well, it's very much sort of like, well, you know, from, uh, from the guy from, <laughs> what was it, uh, Gilligan's Island, the the, the, uh, the millionaire oh, and his wife, Lovey. Lovey. Yeah, you kind of got to talk with your teeth closed. You talk around your teeth. <laughs> Stephen Roach. A Yale University senior fellow and former Morgan Stanley Asia chairman has a warning for U.S. dollar bulls. 
A prominent economist says the era of the U.S. buck may be coming to an end and is forecasting a 35% decline soon in the mm. U.S. currency against its major rivals. Now, thinking of that, a 35% decline in the U.S. dollar should increase Bitcoin by 35%, the price of it, right? Because, I mean, the value is like, so I don't know. When, when the value of the dollar goes away, we don't really want Bitcoin to be coupled to that particular price. It's, it's kind of its own thing. And so really, why don't we have a um, Bitcoin price to like all of the major currencies as sort of pegged as a, as a, as a pool? And like, you know, it's almost like a, an S&B 500, like those top currencies, like the pound and the euro and the yuan and the peso and all those should be like in, why are we just, you know, pegging it to the dollar yeah i i don't know it's it's archaic and again some people say go up some people say go down but the ceo people, this guy says go down in a big way he says crash well so very did, very sharply uh the ceo of etoro who's been on this show yoni asia says that a a crash is coming in the stock market in the next three weeks He's like, and, and that Bitcoin is a safe haven. He sees it as a decoupling from stocks. And uh, he says, buyer beware, caveat emptor. Mm. Which is well, he's saying the crash is coming in the equities market. In the next three weeks, someone, not sure whom, is going to sell short their position and crash the markets. That sounds like some interesting information that how would he know? I don't know how he knows. He's looking at, you know, what's happening around the world. And he is saying that this is not financial advice. Uh, just to clarify, I believe we will have a correction since this rally seems to be fueled by speculation of retail investors. Historically, these rallies end with a correction and especially with, you know, uh, the resurgent phase two of uh, COVID-19, uh, you know, springing up in some places as we knew it would that that's got some people nervous and uh lock it down again folks everybody stay inside don't ever go out again and um and be safe order in yeah well speaking of uh etoro you know you guys can uh did you know you can copy traders automatically copy trades of top traders on etoro zero dollar in commission trading on etoro social trading they got all that and if you sign up with this link badco.im forward slash etoro for a limited time when you sign up through that link and then you'd make it a, your first initial deposit, boom, we'll give you $50. Isn't it, um, is it $50 that you have to make uh, your first deposit so. and purchase of crypto? So you want to here? okay, here's a way to double your Bitcoin instantly. Well, it takes a few weeks for us to verify, but you understand the concept. Go to the link, badco.in forward slash eToro, follow the instructions, which includes opening up a new eToro account if you're a U.S. citizen, funding it with $50 in dirty fiat and turning that $50 into any of the 14 cryptos they have. Follow the instructions by sending us the, the receipts for it and we'll double that. We're going to send you another $50 in Bitcoin. And it's like, you know, it's not investment advice. We're just going to give it to you for following the instructions. Double is French. We will double your bitcoins from the Republic of Bad Cryptostan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you haven't done it yet, badco.in forward slash eToro, check it out. Meanwhile, in, in our world, Mr. Travis Wright, uh, of course, by the time this show airs, we will have completed another episode of The Nifty Show, which is our weekly show that we do live on uh, Theta TV, YouTube, um, Twitter. Facebook, LinkedIn, and uh, you can join us Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, 2 p.m. Pacific Time, and you can also subscribe to the uh, the recorded version of the show. We talk all things NFTs, and uh, and our project is moving forward quite nicely, Mr. Travis Wright. It is moving along. If you have not joined our Telegram, you should do it. T.me forward slash BC Heroes. The website is bcheroes.com. The Instagram is slash bcheroes. The Twitter is bc underscore heroes. Check us out. The Telegram is really fun. A really great community of nearly 300 people already on this thing in like a week, mm -hmm. which is, that's a really good sign for, for, for us to see 
so many interested and engaged people. And today we actually dropped the the wizard, mm-hmm. which yeah. is amazing. I think it's the best one so far. By the end of the day, we will have revealed 25 of the heroes. So if you want to see all in one spot, the Instagram is the best place to go and look at it. Instagram.com forward slash BC heroes or just at BC heroes. The whole gallery is there. People are loving these. Uh, the feedback has been fantastic. We've got uh, uh, companies that are contacting us and we're talking to about working with us on this project and uh, august 4th is going to be the launch date and i have a feeling these card packs are going to move very quickly uh, yeah you're, you're going to want to be ready to pull the trigger and get these collectibles from us they're just nice artwork and i, and I would say this i mean we're looking into doing an early drop for those who want to pay in wax mm-hmm. so on april on august 4th that's going to be you know for fiat currency through the payment system but maybe on August 1st, which is a Friday through that, we're going to give a couple of days uh, to, to, for wax token holders only. And you're going to want to hear about that. You're going to want to find out how you do that. And you're going to want to be on the Telegram group. I mean, uh, I, I would I would just say that some of these cards are so amazing and so cool. And if you saw anything of what happened with GPK, some of that might happen with us. Hard to say, but it's going to be fun GPK? to see these on the secondary market doing things. What's a GPK? Oh, the Garbage Pail Kids. Oh, okay. Because you know, a lot of people, you know, you say an abbreviation. Everybody knows the FBI, but they don't necessarily know a GPK. That's true. Yeah. The KGB? They, they might know KGB. KGB still exploring why all USSR broke up into all stands. Yeah. <laughs> so many stands. It's not happy about stands. Episode. Also, if you're in the Telegram, you're going to hear about ways that you can get some free packs. We're in the month of July. We're going to be giving away a pack a day. And join us on the Telestan. So come to Telegram in the Republic of Bed. Check us out on Instastan. Bed Crypto Stan. Blockchain Heroes. Okay. Thank you all for listening. Episode 420 coming up next week on Tuesday. Travis will be be fully baked for episode in order to prepare. You better be, you better light up for that show. You know, I won't. I don't smoke anymore, but I would expect that you will hear bubbles bubbling. Um, for episode 420. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Bad News, Stan. Yes, please stay bad. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. Not only is there Pakistan, Afghanistan, or in Kazakhstan we mention, there's other ones. There is many of them. There is the Uzbekistan. Mm-hmm. There's a Kazakhstan. I can't pronounce <laughs> Kyrgyzstan, there is also Tajikistan. What the hell is that? Tajikistan. I don't know. Uh, uh, How's it Turkmenistan? Capital of Tajikistan is Dushanbe. Oh, Tajikistan. Also very interesting. If you go to other countries that are not Stan, Persian names are Stan. For example, Armenia, Armenistan. Bulgaria, Bulgaristan. Georgia, mm. Gorgistan. They have they have their own honorary stands. India, Hindustan. <laughs> Hindustan. <laughs> Asia stand. All the stands. I can't stand it. <laughs> I can't stand it. That's a, that, that is an Eric Clapton stand. Uzbekistan song. can't stand it. <laughs> oh my gosh.